shit, ladies and gentlemen. How are you doing out there? This is Intergalactic Interviews, and this is episode 126. Oh, shit. How are you doing out there? I just want to start off by saying my life is pretty goddamn good. I feel pretty <laughs> happy right now. I feel really good. I'm sipping a gin and tonic by literally an award-winning gin and tonic. <laughs> no kit, like no, like the gin and tonic won no. This is this put my life <laughs> over. Yes, like let me just say the hands that made this are award-winning, and there's no room for lying when I say to you this. I was like on the fence. I'm like, mm, I got a good life, but is it okay? And then I had a sip of this, and I'm like, dude, my life's pretty goddamn dope. <laughs> like, I love how the way this feels. Mm. Uh, are you doing, folks? You doing well out there? Uh, I just wanted to let you all know that uh, we're really happy to have you on. And uh, are we okay with mics and cameras over there? You see me over there? Everything's fine. Yeah, we're good. I think I'm I'm all screwed up because we just upgraded all our equipment here at Float House. The boys. The Zaremba brothers uh, were sending us tutorials about how to fix ourselves up, and, <laughs> and so we're all we're all sorted out here. And so I'm medium nervous. I'm like, I hope this is all turning out because we're just live editing this on the fly. We'll find out. We will. Seamart, I, uh, I I got so much faith in you, bro. I think you're doing well, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I would be remiss right now if I didn't get into this immediately. I got to tell you about uh, our guest and. Uh, Right before I do that, though, I should let you know. See that? That's how you bait them a little bit. I should let you know about an excellent offer right now for our listeners only right now. If you are of the mind state that you wanted to go ahead and maybe try something new, an isolation experience, what's that? Well, let me tell you. The premier isolation experience in the lower mainland is at Floathouse. Their website is floathouse.ca. What's that website? Floathouse.ca. I would usually say to Michael Savedra, who's not here, not feeling well. Good. Well, brother, we love you. Uh, Floathouse.ca. I got to tell you, if you are the person who is like working all the time, you have to somehow navigate your way through life and just try to find those perfect moments of solace. If you feel like you're always looking for that, dude, you should try floating. It's one of the best ways you can spend a small amount of your time. It is absolutely one of the most tranquil experiences you can have. It unlocks the mysteries of your mind. <laughs> or it could just be relaxing. One of the two things. Like, it doesn't have to be so dramatic. It can be one of the two things. Yeah. But you get your own private, personal float tank, your own shower, your own, uh, like, you get house coats, slippers. They take care of you. All the staff here is super knowledgeable. And if you go and act right now and use our podcast promo code, IIPODCAST, that gets you 20% off your next float. What? What was that podcast promo code? I I podcast, as Savedra would say. Now that being said, I think uh, you should know that we float. You should float. Try it out. We love it. You'll love it. I guarantee it. Well, that guarantee might just go as far as this podcast, but <laughs> I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it. Is the best thing I can say. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, my guest in front of me, I don't think we've seen each other in person. And I'm, I'm going to say 10, 11, 12. Are we going north of that? It's definitely 10 plus years. 10 plus sure. years yeah. for sure. Yeah. Somehow we've ridden, ridden, rode, pluraled, the, uh, <laughs> rided, <laughs> rode down. And we've, uh, we've traversed yeah. the uh, parallels of our career paths and we've just been moving and trying to get things Working for ourselves, and I'm very, very proud to announce right now that sitting here with me right now, the creator of this drink that I am <laughs> sipping right now, uh, is the award-winning first place, actually, in the city. How amazing is this More to like say? like first place? 
thirst place. <laughs> Zinga. Uh, we have the amazing, the talented, uh, the, I'm going to say, the platonic. Yes. Oh, Ooh. I'm trying to use a little alliteration. Uh, we have the, the phenomenal Philippe Grambois. Thank you very much. Hello. How are you doing, sir? I'm wonderful. Man, I'm I am so happy to have you on the show right now. It is very cool to see you, man. I, I've had this circled on the calendar for a little bit now. Now, last time, you were supposed, I think we were supposed to do this back in December, right? We were, yeah. And then you, you sent me, like, what a Hollywood text. <laughs> Bro, I got to back out. I have to go train at Rogers Arena with the Canucks. I mean, it's not a big deal, but I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'll let you off the hook. It's okay. You know, it's the Canucks. I understand. Yeah. They need to get drunk. It's fine. Totally. Uh, or, I mean, they need to be served uh, within a normal means that an establishment can allow. Isn't that right? Exactly. That's, that's what Thirst Place would... Uh... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was say. So, okay. We haven't seen each other in a long time. Yeah. But you have been... Nothing short of like just crushing it up there. Every time I see an update about you, you're just you're like you're moving to a new location. You're like setting up this place, uh, the, the 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 organizations you're with, like the bars. You're like you're just totally revamping everything around you. You're like this catalyst of change. How did this come about? That's a really interesting way to put it. Oh I yeah, mean, yeah. You I thought know. about that in the shower. I was like, <laughs> how am I going to frame this? Totally, it's a catalyst of change. Um, yeah, you know, I. <laughs> I've uh, I learned a long time ago that I wasn't a really great employee, and I, I kind of like <laughs> I realized that I was someone who kind of felt like he needed to be in more places than one, and mm. so I started to do the consulting thing really early. Uh, and simultaneously, I have some real strong hobbies like wine and bartending, yeah. things that I do all the time uh, and that I love, and I, I hold this part of my career. But the biggest part of my job is you know it's Microsoft Excel. It's mathematics it's putting together concepts and businesses um, all within food beverage spirits and hospitality spreadsheets i would oh, never have figured that it's a big part of it it's a big part of it i mean everything roots itself in some type of plan mm -hmm. uh, and so i wouldn't have any success i wouldn't be able to travel if it wasn't about like putting it down to the math uh wow. and so that's a big part of it the planning side i've written you know somewhere north of 30 business plans what uh and so there's the, you know it's it's a fun little game and then it lets it gives me the freedom to live and play and do all those other things. Your well. life is giving me anxiety right now. <laughs> it shouldn't. It shouldn't, I'm like, actually. I'm like, this guy's accomplishing a lot. <laughs> but I get to make my own schedule. I proudly say that I've made my own schedule for a decade, which is great. Wow. And so I'm really happy. That's to good, that. man. It's a good feeling to be independent of the TikTok lifestyle. Yeah. The, uh, the, the ever-present 9 to 5, 8 to 4, whatever. Totally. And like that, that whole... Um, Here's the thing. That lifestyle exists for a reason. Like, there are people that thrive in that. But when you find yourself, unfortunately, like, stuck in between the necessity of having to provide for yourself and people around you and also, like, being completely at odds with your day-to-day, -day, that is such a nightmare. Totally. Such a nightmare to deal with. Like, the feeling of dread when you when you when your alarm goes off and you're like, oh, you're you just... It's oh, yeah. like it literally the moment your eyes open, you're like, this is the worst day like that. <laughs> when you're in a role like that, there's nothing worse than that. To be free of that is something beautiful, man. It's a very, very admirable part of your life. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And I've had flickers of the other side, too. And I don't get me wrong. I'm accountable to people and I got to wake up and you got to do your job. But 
you also can take like a Wednesday off from a Tuesday night hangover. Phil, I'm painting uh, you like a rock star here. <laughs> you're not accountable to anyone in this scenario. You do, do well, what you like. Well, it's me. It's me. And so that's the thing. That's the that's the biggest judge and jury in my in my life. First place does what he likes. Shows up what yeah. he wants. Does what he, <laughs> does what he wants. The, no, you gotta you gotta be a, a hustler to make to to win awards in this because there's no so kidding. many people. So. Oh, uh, you don't think I don't know that because we are uh, second overall according to the West Ender. Don't know if you know that. Just I did. A little, uh... <laughs> I follow you closely. I legit like that's why I feel like I actually like it hasn't been ten years because I feel like I've seen all the updates. I've watched. To be you. fair, MD posts a lot. So, so do like, I. It's hard to like. So do I. Though. Oh, okay. So I. Okay. But like, just like Mizzy and like, yeah, and kind of watching you guys kind of evolve over the years has been super fascinating. And I, I sometimes I have to think about what it's like to see that from a distance because in the moment it's like I, I feel like man, I'm just barely piecing it together all the time. And then you talk to people like we were just talking off camera about going home and haven't been home in years mm-hmm. and. Uh, I should mention to our listeners that may not know, Phil and I are actually from the same hometown. Mm-hmm. and uh, that's, Salisbury, that's, Ontario. <laughs> Salisbury, Ontario. The originator of the steakhouse. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I thought you definitely would have took the time right now to drop your patented Husky the Musky reference. Nope, I'm waiting. And you're waiting. Uh, more po- It'll more come up. <laughs> definitely. But like that... Uh, that that whole Kenora, by the way, yeah, Kenora, K E N O R A, yeah, Kenora. That that whole like mentality, though, I kind of lost my point. What the fuck was I saying? Well, the the like the uh, watching the evolution of you guys from Kenora, like I mean, like when oh, I right, sorry, yeah, the uh, sometimes seeing it from a distance, I'm like, yeah, like trying to in a vulnerable moment here, I'll just be like, yeah, I. I don't know. Sometimes when I'm just like, I'm trying to make it work the best I possibly can. Cool. But then you run into people, like we were just saying, like being for, uh, home for a while. I haven't been home for a while. And they're like, oh, you're killing it. And you're like, dude, you've, like, sometimes you're like, you have no idea. Like, that the, like, that feels good that the perception is that. But then, I don't know, if they knew the day to day, they'd probably be like, oh, you need some serious help. Oh, Maybe I know. a business plan written by a, <laughs> an award winning bartender <laughs> no Something it's like funny because i get the same thing i mean it's like when you step into different parts of your life because you live kind of in different places and you kind of have different lifetimes and mm-hmm. and i feel like i've got whole i've got tattoos on my body that match people that my parents have never met and like they would wow. never even seen a picture of uh because we lived in sort of the pits of despair and hard work <laughs> in the middle of europe when my parents didn't even barely know what i was up to right how so. long were you in europe um, on and off, uh, for the better part of about five or six years, five or six years. Yeah. That's a, that's a good chunk of time to spend there. Well, it kind of like it was the work. And so the work kind of brought me through Europe and put me into the Middle East and Australia. And I got the opportunity to kind of bounce around. And so if this was a martial arts film, <laughs> this would be where you were like, I trained extensively <laughs> in these lands in the art of stirring and yeah, and <laughs> yes. stirring. I love this. Uh, what what was your first stop then in Europe? Um, London, yeah, London. It was London, yeah. It was to sort of see the yeah, and it's so easy because back then it was like Commonwealth countries. You know, it's super, it was right. much easier to to do all the easy travel. And what, what year is that? 
2000 and wow five five six? yeah it's like right out of high school then basically N- no at university I university was, sorry yeah, that's right yeah i was at a university of waterloo and then i started traveling straight out of school it was australia right. it was the uk and then the work kind of took me in a bunch of different directions that's crazy so after london how long were you in london then on and off, or I would say that it's a, it was nearly two years, I think, on and off. But two years. But you sort of base yourself out of there. Europe is such a condensed place that you can get everywhere for $100 or a Euro card. And so, <laughs> like, you, uh, you know, the same time that it takes us to go to Canora from here, you're going to this, you know, this northern tip of France to the southern tip of Italy. Wow. Uh, and so you, you can get everywhere pretty quickly. And so you base yourself out of there. It's a different game, right? Totally. Do you... Do you feel, if I could ask, do you feel like the hunger that you had hitting foreign soil, like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to apply this trade, like, did, was that always the plan? Like, did you have that at that moment? Or was it like something that you learned? I, I got told when I was young to start with the end in mind. And so for me, the the goal is to have a story that's worth telling. And mm-hmm. so I really love writing about it. And I ghostwrite for one uh, political thing and then I, I blog in the cocktail and beverage realm and and so I, I I really like I find a fascination with putting it down but I realized at a young age that you can't write about something if you don't have actual a story to tell yeah, yeah. and so the the travel and everything else kind of was like trying to make a good story and but also to live the the life of someone who had something to tell uh, and so it was fascinating. I, I just let it kind of, I just never said no. I always tell people, I just said yes when people said, hey, do you want to go to the Middle East and, and do this? And I was like, <laughs> sure, why not? I like that attitude. <laughs> I just went with it. Yeah. yeah. I like that. So so after London, what was the next stop? Well, it was through Europe. Um, and so this was after Australia. Uh, and so... Uh, you that, just shoehorned Australia. Man. Yeah, like Australia and New Zealand kind of like was a right towards the end of university. Mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to go there so I just took it and uh, you know I, I that's where I always tell people that I really learned my craft because I it's 12 months of the year of nice weather and you know it's 26 degrees in winter yeah. and, and people love cocktails 12 months of the year they love good wine good hospitality and it's a culture that has a lot of uh, they're an island nation that just loves to party and loves to have a good time so when I was a young guy going to that I was like okay let's hit the ground running uh, I love that. and then I, I went and said you you know, Europe and everywhere else, uh, that was the hotel world, you know, working for luxury hotels. They kind of uh, say you're unmarried, you don't have kids, uh, you're going to go here next. Oh, I see. So I got to, to sort of follow the path. That's pretty cool, though. Mm-hmm. The, that kind of program, is it like, you know, it's rather, it's obviously not by chance, they, they're hand filtering who they want to send where, right? Oh, totally, yeah. Like, it's, uh, I mean, it's, you sort of, you're only as good as your last referral. And you work in a couple of countries. And so I had to be a a business owner at a young age. I created an independent consulting company at a young age. So you're like a contractor at this point. Totally, yeah. Pretty much my whole life I've been a contractor. I've had a few contracts with businesses, and I hold one right now in the city. Mm -hmm. But, like, it all is, I bill it out under my name, which is incorporated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's smart. You know how many people in the music industry do not do that? You know how they're they're either, first of all, they're not incorporated, or oh, yeah. uh, they they just 
aren't even registered to that kind of thing. All the like industries, music man. is, yeah, like entertainment's messed up like that. All the industries, people need to just realize that this is all just about billing your time. And you got like, if you've got a, a talent, someone will pay for it. Yeah. Uh, and so like, oh, make yeah. sure that you've got the means to do that. In Canada, it's actually quite easy. You don't have to incorporate quick. You can make sort of your first 30 grand without charging tax. Yeah. Uh, all of that People stuff. don't understand that. Like it's, yeah. it's, people think, yeah, uh, like in the States, it's a little bit different. But in Canada, you can retroactively uh, set yourself up, essentially, which totally. is you know one of the one of the beauties of small to medium business in in Canada. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the one of the things I find fascinating about what you're doing right now is that you like you essentially are like this problem solver on like a massive level. Like you you like are um, do you not like okay. Mm-hmm. Speaking about vicariously off air, we're talking about different <laughs> yeah. things. Uh, I have to say, this is something I vicariously live uh, through you a little bit. The amount of times I go into um, like a some kind of restaurant or any kind of hospitality service, any kind at all, any you name it, any kind of like that. Um, I've worked a lot of like service jobs in, in, in mm-hmm. my youth and, and yeah. my, my current youth or whatever, you know? So I ha- I've had like a, a pretty good background in customer service. I think I excel at what I was in. Um, so when I see it done poorly, really, really sticks to me. I really dislike <laughs> it badly. So when I, when I see you coming in and just, just fixing things up, I think to myself, that's awesome. I want to, you know, the amount of times I want to do that, it, it's off like do you really want to help there or you just want to yell at somebody well you know that's a good point and that's the point that i would make too is that it's funny because i was when i was taught like i i was i was mentored by a bunch of like really great consultants and like people are really good at their craft and good business owners and one of the things that they said to me at a young age was you know everyone can point out a problem but very few people can show a way to fix it absolutely and so in a restaurant that's just like there's a lot of clutter with people pointing out the problems the online review game is just like cluttered with it you can just Mm. see people putting on their little berets and and writing the review to change the century right and so it's sorry was that like a criticism beret <laughs> it was that was like that's the that's the yelper who turns himself into the critique for I love a night. that and i and I, I appreciate that but it's like this thing right and so it's uh it's it's interesting it, it, you, you got to be able to find a solution when people say what do you do for a living and i've repeated this forever i say i help hospitality and small business owners sleep better at night Oof. And it's a good tagline. Yeah, half the people are like, "Do you deal Vicodin?" And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, "No, I do not." Yeah. <laughs> On paper, allegedly, like yeah. allegedly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, That's the good. thing about feedback, though, right? Is that like people can give it, and it's not wrong, even if it's the feedback is wrong. It's coming from a place something is wrong. Totally, and it's, it's a feeling, and you need yeah. to be able to. In, yeah. And it's up to like you or someone else to interpret the feedback correctly. Yeah, like I have like, a I have a piece of software that collects all online reviews for my clients and draws them into a single report and lets me also pull out sentiment and words and everything from mm-hmm. different reviews so that I can then see what people are saying and how they're saying it. 
Wow. And so it's just like this aggregate of like... Well, it pulls it all in and it reports it and it aggregates it out as well. And so in the, in a hotel and in a restaurant, I mean, it's Yelp, it's TripAdvisor, it's yeah. Google, it's yeah. everything, right? And, it, and every year or other year, there's something else. Uh, and so you got to put it together uh, so that it doesn't take you in too many different directions. And it's interesting because I take all the feedbacks, even the crazy stuff. And like, because it's a, a perception's reality, man. And, and so, like, if people have a real perception, they sit down there. I always think to myself, what is that person thinking when they write 500 words after they ate dinner for three hours? And they're so seething. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, my God, like, how did we miss so hard with a person? <laughs> and maybe there are some people who are just rotten people, don't get me wrong. But like, yeah, yeah. there's usually uh, something, something that there. you could have done that probably could have prevented at least 200 of those words I definitely you know hear that, yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's something you know, like a little bit earlier when you were mentioning like billing what your time's worth that kind of thing where you're that, that kind of like idea where you're actually like evaluating other people's criticisms whether they're valid or not it's like their investment in the criticism is the time like their time putting into it mm-hmm. because it's it's just a construct that like it's a thought form, right? It's not there's no real like anyone's time is worth what you command it to be, essentially. Totally. And yeah. if there's a market, it'll dictate itself. Yeah. Whereas like if someone complains about something and they're just like extremely like beyond the pale of vulgar or just maybe too uh just like they don't have any actual criticism. It's just like they wanted to vent online about something. Yeah that person like loses that aspect like they they lose a little bit of their credibility well, by doing so it's that's untrue that's untrue <laughs> that's untrue <laughs> like you you're not tracking it. it's not the new york me. times who you're following these food writers or something like that right well, it's like, interesting because <laughs> it's all a game like it's all a game that we play too as the restaurant mm-hmm. tours as well right and so like it's algorithms and it's like playing the game like for every half point i read this in a study for every half point on yelp the average business earns like six to ten percent better gross profit and they did a study throughout like eight thousand businesses in the U.S. or something. Like really? not just not just hospitality, just like businesses, businesses in general. But restaurants are a big focus okay, of those sites. Yeah. But like three to three point five were like this massive leap in profitability, wow. and and so there's there's this power behind it. But like there's also the stats that are like eighty five percent of Yelp reviews are positive. Mm. A lot of negatives get flagged before they ever get online. And then there are companies that help you manage and tools like the one that I use to help yeah. you manage that. Uh, immediately respond to it and then you create sort of this like online billboard where you're like I'm so empathetic I'm responding to your needs and let me tell you that I Mm -hmm. will make it right next time you're in and really it's just like this online showcase of being like hey I'm empathetic to this person's needs I see even though sometimes you got to admit in the last couple of years there's been some like really cool like scathing responses that have gained like super <laughs> traction. Have you sure, seen yeah. uh, what was that? Yeah, there's a Wendy's. Comp- yeah, Wendy's. Wendy's yeah. is killing it. And I want, media. I want for that moment in my so career. I good. Want- <laughs> I mean, that's a move, right? Like you're on like your fast food chain. That's Come someone on. who gave them the, that one's ballsy. The, that it's one's it's ballsy. pretty close because like, is man, it, or the, is it if you just got the right fire to spit? I think it works. Yeah. As long as you're the only one Timing. in that game doing Timing it. Timing and execution. Yeah, exactly. You're also, if you notice, they also kind of pick the uh, 
the weak ones of the herd. Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> like it's a good wolf it's pack. Pretty easy yeah. to yeah. pretty easy like, to jump all over. Like they're that. not going after you know troll master well, two million. Yeah, or yeah, like no, they, yeah, exactly. no, they definitely, definitely have their uh, definitely. issues. But totally. you know, but then again, most people really don't stand up to their criticisms when they give them. If you push them a little bit, at least in in video games or minus, really, we've noticed that. Like not we, but I've seen it before in the sense where if you do say, hey, actually, what like someone will give some pretty weak you know thing yeah. zero out of ten this is garbage and you're like hey yeah. so you notice that but like can you get further it's like well it wasn't that bad i actually kind of like the game yeah and it's like okay so you were just spouting off yeah that's right because I mean, right? like they don't really once you once they're faced with actually like answering yeah. for what they've said just well, to even explain further totally public profiles right like when a person has to have like a, the associative pro physical profile sure, yeah. picture to their to their opinion it's a game changer and but there's still a lot of people who are willing to be aggressive online mm-hmm. as like a person who has got no business to lose and a small business owner, or even <laughs> me as a consultant, like I'm just dancing on eggshells around these people. Yeah. Right? Do you feel like that? Do you feel like, um, like maybe you can't always say what you want to say? Well, I've actually played the game both ways. I went extreme. I went so extreme that like I got on like a CBC radio interview with the woman that I responded <laughs> to with like the really scathing joke. Wow. And it went viral on social media. And then I went the opposite route where I sat through it and just let them parade in and responded to nothing. And so I've seen it on both polls. Mm-hmm. And I can say that after like seeing the analysis of it, it's just the best restaurants don't respond. And mm-hmm. because there's nothing to say to those type of reviews, you, just, right. you just get so many reviews that you get, day. you just do a great job. Yeah. And so like the negative ones get pounded out by the hundred good ones. Like and the that's net the net value. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you're going to have that's negative smart. reviews. Like uh, the chefs in Montreal, there was one, uh, I can't remember his name, McMillan, David McMillan. He's mm-hmm. like, he's like, I, I serve 300 people a night. He's like, it's impossible to have 300 for 300 happy mm-hmm. people. Like he's like, yeah. it's going to be 10% yeah. that are going to leave there and be like, plus Meh. if you're even Ch- like especially in the <laughs> restaurant, like you got to be make challenging food. And those are good at a odds. certain level, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you order something like wasn't for me. Doesn't mean the rest. I mean, rev- people yeah. don't always have that perspective on it. But it's yeah. like, well, the reality is like if that person complaining was to make consecutively 300 meals i fucking doubt <laughs> well, they're, they're batting 299 a night by the way so, yeah a <laughs> night by the way yeah, yeah the I restaurant obviously it's a little more difficult the restaurant that, is a business you kind of feel like you want to offer that service like you're open at christmas so that people can be there and stuff but it's not a public service what it's is this, a like business. a chinese restaurant well no like a, the like pub a... when we go home to to k-town okay, and like yeah. and it's the only spot to go that's oh, a, i hate eating at the gas station that's a public service yeah, right exactly. yeah, but people think that too much right like uh, there are businesses that are producing a certain thing and and they've created that's their art that's their thing and they don't want to create a bunch of variations they don't want to adjust to your diet uh you're supposed to come in there knowing what's up like there's websites and there's Mm -hmm. all sorts of things so to chefs and business owners who pour their hearts out rake out losses in their first year and then someone comes in and and just like tears them apart when they usually don't have a real idea of exactly what they were doing, it's yeah. kind of like they're they're usually reviewing their expectations, not the experience, and that's always mm. the problem. And that's a good point. 
They're reviewing their expectations, not their experience. Yeah. That's an excellent point. And their expectations could be that, like, I tell you to go somewhere. And so, like, I tell you to go somewhere, and I'm like, it's a 5 out of 5. And you go there, and it's a 3 out of 5. And so the 3 out of 5 that you're ranking is actually that I told you it was 5 yeah, expectate, out of 5. Right. <laughs> well, that makes so much more sense. And But when you write that review, man, they write it like it was just the salt and the timing and uh, the server. Uh, and it was everything. And first it, of all, we were greeted snootily. <laughs> then... You wouldn't believe this, but the music they were playing, a little loud. Yeah. They're like, dude, dude, none of that would matter if your meal was good and if you had a good time and if you didn't think it was going to be five. You know? I just say be someone who knows what they want. Like, go in with expectations. <laughs> like, go in knowing what you want. I should write this down. Just be, you know, what you want. <laughs> just know what you want. Just, just go in, yeah. you know. Just go in saying, Hilarious. you know, I feel like I want pasta tonight. Hmm. And that's why I'm here, you know. And I'm at an Italian restaurant for that very reason. And don't go to like a steakhouse and be like, "Oh, the pasta was terrible." Exactly. Like, like, of course, it's, like, it dude, was it's terrible. not it's the market. Then again, then again, <laughs> dude. you're going to a steak restaurant. They got pasta. Why is it on the menu if they're not going to do it well? I agree. Like, I just don't. I don't really appreciate that when it's like a, you should, your menu should be. Re- what are you trying to? Everything should be like. Why is it on there? What are you trying not to do well? Right? Trying to score points with Phil here. Eighty percent. No, I'm serious though. Eighty percent of the restaurant game is franchised, and like the biggest franchise totally in in North America. Some of the biggest ones started in the West Coast, Moxie's, Joey's, Earl's, these guys. Mm-hmm. Like, and they created a model that is something for everyone. You go there, sure, yeah. sort of like 12 different types. It's the family restaurant that turned into the lounge that turned into... And it works. Absolutely. You know, there's like, there's 100% of people in Canada and there's the 10% right here and the 10% right here. The 10% at the bottom kind of don't care and they don't really get it. Like food is just food. It's just mm-hmm. what it is. The top 10%, these are the people who like... It's their hobby. They go out and they eat and they want to see the new restaurants. They want to taste cool things, Mm -hmm. take pictures of it. And then there's the 80% in the middle. And that's Canada. And Canada has got that big middle point. And that's where those franchises are so successful. Right in the middle. It is true. Because it's like... like Territorial. Maybe not as much as it was like maybe 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Because I remember coming out west and being like, you guys don't have Perkins? (laughs) (laughs) they're like they're like what they're like no go to a white spot i'm like what the hell's a white spot oh first first time i heard that the worst names ever i know the literal worst restaurant name ever (laughs) it's it's, uh you know it's it's pretty touchy in 2017 super successful touchy in 20 anything (laughs) just meet me at the white spot (laughs) super successful though they do great they like they kill it and they keep opening new restaurants they do they do okay they have uh they have a cool story because, like, the guy just like started by serving people at the beach or something. It's right? the Canadian McDonald's story. It's like the one-stop shop that that multiplied and like brought in technology and like they they're smart. I, I have a lot of love and appreciation for that eighty percent that I'm talking about. They do things really well, like restaurants and small businesses, like. You start making real money when you multiply. Yeah. Uh, the single shop, you know, operations that are like $2 million or less a year, you're raking out small little razor-thin margins. Mm-hmm. And, so you, and you always want to replicate something, right? You want to do this like, and then f- not franchise it, but like m- stamp it out a little bit, you know, make Expand. it a bigger net, right? Expand. That said, like, I guess I would ask. How many? I guess I always. I, I'm known for saying Dude, this. I guess, wait, but like, yeah. it's just like I love it, his self realization moment there. He just realized for a second. He's like, you know what? I tend to be the contrarian. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I just tend wanna, to say some no, stuff. No, no, no. I say this because I just have always felt this, and I have not. I'm. Is my experience. I have not. No one's been able to say anything to the contrary. Which is when has a restaurant ever gotten better 
when it's opened its second location? Oh, um, Phil would have the answer for this. Yeah, like I, I've seen it a lot. I mean, really? Yeah, when absolutely. they grow to a second look at somehow, like how about okay? Yeah, like I mean the the <laughs> he, he when you have you the that ability the expectation that you would when you that. have the ability to multiply <laughs> and like when you are able to multiply a business, you have to like do these incredible things in the back end to make sure that everything works. And new place, new location, marketing, advertising is all different. There's an intense amount of work that goes into multiplying. There's a whole field of what I do in in consulting and food and beverage that's just franchising your your operation and so there's i think that you can get better but it's hard to stamp something out and be identical like now the model is not that earls is the same everywhere that you go and moxie's is not the same everywhere that you go there's like regional beers now there's like mm-hmm. more localized well, wines the, all there's, the earls are kind of different that i've been to like there's always something a little well you gotta be in this yeah. town there's so many of them, but what i mean I like do you work primarily <laughs> you work, yeah fair. i want for i want for less earls only because they oh, just like compete fuck. with each so, other they no it's themselves. ridiculous Dude, yeah. the credibility you just said that with i was like <laughs> <laughs> it's just like but like, like well you gotta be how <laughs> do you work primarily in the Lower Mainland? Uh, yeah, I've been in Vancouver for a year now, and I've just been pretty much right in Okay, Dude, he's been here less so than your, a year. Yeah. Award-winning. Okay, yeah, that's well, great. One oh, year. I'm going to put you on. Don't worry. Every time anything comes up, I'm going to put you on. I'm going to put you on. Yeah. I guess I just wonder, like, so in your time here, have you seen an instance where a restaurant has opened a second location, right. and they've had the quality go up? Where people are like, it's way better now? Or is it kind of like, yeah, the second location is about as good as the first location. But that's the idea, right? The idea isn't to change the second location. It's to actually just expand and put it in a different territory. Like a bit of a plateau? Like nothing, like that's kind of like topping out. And it's Mm -hmm. like, hey, they've said like, hey, this is the best that we're going to do. Now it's time to grow it and start to make money. And then inevitably Mm -hmm. you start... To dip. The idea to multiply comes when you've got enough to bankroll it. Uh, and so, like, that comes okay. when you've, like, put your head down and just, like, put enough money away. Okay. And that comes, you know, for many different reasons. And so, the multiplying, I've seen people multiply that should not multiply. Um, and so, it doesn't mean that it's always that point. But when you're good enough to take something and put it in another part of the city or another part of the country uh, and still have a, a viable business. That's really what you're trying to do. And you're actually not trying to make them too different. You're trying to make them the core of the business is the same. And that's what makes the model work because then you make money by not increasing effort. Right. You just mm-hmm. multiply yeah. effort. Sure, right. Yeah. And then tell people to do the same things and receive the same reports and do the same things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so this it's giving me anxiety. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but it's, uh, you're right that they don't, necessarily improve quality but the best restaurants like every three to four months they should be rotating menus absolutely and, so, and almost like, none do that yeah Out here it's very very rare well it's because there's also that desire to like you're you're like at at 80%. One, that one step yeah. away from uh one step away from maybe franchising and you want to be mm-hmm. consistent and then everyone hears that mcdonald's model right those like big macs that have been selling the same way for ten thousand years yeah and, yeah exactly and so there's there's always that play for sure it's it's funny to hear you say that about like all oh, the rotating menus because like, dude, the number of times like I'll go to a like this is not counting like your neighborhood restaurants that you go to you know every yeah. couple weeks or whatever. I'm talking like a spot you only go to maybe once or twice a year. You go, you have a great experience. Like, oh, I'm gonna get that again when I go in there. Absolutely, you come in, new menu. And you're like, dude, I missed the boat. 
Like it's just an arrow that's gone. You'll you know, never get it back. You're part of the problem, MB. You know that lower, <laughs> that lower, that lower ten percent. I think in you're 10? in there. The lower ten, the bottom ten. No, no that's not true. You're in the lower thirty, probably. It's like. funny because exactly what you just identified is the main conversation that small business and restaurateurs yeah, have, where totally. they're like, "It was that dish good enough to keep through to the next season, or yeah. do I have enough discipline to take it off for the next eight months and bring it back next?" time at this time of year because it was that good so you guys are just basically running every three to four months a whole series of the voice or like american <laughs> idol basically like every three or four you're, months you're like did you make the cut yeah you, you, i don't know you follow the natural lines and the natural mm-hmm. lines of like growth uh, and what's available on the west coast we've got a lot more available um but you're trying to be as local as you possibly can you're trying to work with ingredients that are in season so that you're not like fucking with the eco and, and the, what people are trying to do with like an annual cycle of farming. And so you try not to tell people that you need that thing outside because they'll do it because they're a small business and you're a small business, but you want to have that discipline. Right. Like I've opened a restaurant that we just did not serve tomatoes throughout the entire winter. And so like we would have your burger. It was still delicious, but we'd serve it with potato chips on it that we would house make. Just no tomato because there's no tomatoes available. And so mm-hmm. like why would we serve you tomatoes? And the ones that are available are kind of like tasteless and, mm, yeah. and not really great. And so that wasn't the best representation at this. So we changed it. That's an interesting uh, What if you use tomato choice? preserves or something? Oh, that's exactly <laughs> oh, it. Right? Okay. That's the game, right? Like, nice. And so you, the best <laughs> chefs are doing that. They're taking things out of season. Easy there, Pickling. No, I love this shit. Doing it's it, great. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I mean, I think it's fascinating. I think it's uh, yeah. I think it's really great. Some of my favorite. I, I work in Yaletown. Yaletown is known for its like really fickle businesses because they come and go. What are you, because what are you it's, no, what I mean is it's, it's very expensive. So no, they come up and then they're gone because they just can't sustain. And I'm sure it's much more complicated than that. But there's like, an ice cream shop there that just closed. It sure, but like like so for example, I really enjoy the parlor. Yeah. Right, it's been there for a while. It's probably one of the. It's is that a venue? Easily, it's a it's a restaurant slash it turns almost into like a kind of a nightclub-y kind of spot in the evenings. See, that's the problem. But they, their menu changes so inf- – and like they do – they have a special soup. They do like a rotating soup, right? They right. Like a daily kind of thing. And I think they move to like a Monday through Friday kind of soup rotation. Mm-hmm. However – by the way, the you reason- should put the camera on Phil when he's doing this because this oh, is yeah, award, award-winning mixing. No, you just do it. this at the same time. You just like, okay. No, what I mean is that <laughs> there's no reason that they shouldn't have a, even a weekly or monthly pizza special. Why don't they have that? It makes no sense. They're one of the most successful restaurants in Yaletown, full stop. They got to be. Why don't and you don't have a development card? Because that wasn't, that wasn't the business owner's dream, right? This is the idea, right? Like, there's, there's always people who can point out what you can do better. And, sure. And I, and I love that. And I appreciate that feedback from people. But, like, when a guy – I always say that defining success is not the same for everybody. When I talk to two different business owners who own two nearly the exact same restaurants in two different cities – um, they have, you know, one of them wants to break even. The other one wants to give something to his kids in 20 years. Sure. And, and one of them Different wants goals. to make all the money. Yeah. And so, you know, having that pizza is good an idea as it seems on the surface. It was never part of their plan, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm a consultant who has a, a, over a decade of experience in over a, 10 countries uh, to, to kind of, like, you know, put myself into it. And I still don't feel like I have the right to tell a guy what he should put on his menu. Um, because that says a lot, man. that's fair enough. Because like it's it's something that's very personal. It's like it's when you create a menu and create a business, it's like a child, mm-hmm. and like you've you've sp- you've willed the thing into reality, and then you've like put all the work into it, and you're making no money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like I can't be the guy who's like, this is what you yeah, should do. Yeah, fair enough. You know, I I relate a lot to what you just said because 
I have like a hard, steadfast rule in sessions. I, I've said it to every client I've ever worked with, every artist, every band, everyone I've ever worked with. I always tell them, I say, uh, you know, a lot of the times, because like when I'm producing, let's say just specifically with hip hop, because like in that sense, I'm literally composing the majority, if not all the music in mm-hmm. the in the song. So I often have the vocal arrangements already set up before the artist is even involved. So I like I know what I want from them. And then I'm I'm elasticing their their vibe essentially into the like I'm literally like you're just mixing this drink I'm taking like for instance I was just in the studio last night till 4:30 a.m. with Mizzy and uh, I'm like just taking a little splash of Mizzy boom put this here this like like you know like he's he's this magnanimous dude to work with yeah but like I'm trying to concoct it in a way that makes sense for the record right but he he has like um, you know this approach to this record maybe that wasn't a good example because all this stuff lately is kind of not like this but I always say like look I want it to sound like this but I'll never take the pen out of your hand mm-hmm. it's it's always your words it's just it's gonna feel like this it's gonna it's gonna arrive to a destination like this and, and then I coach yeah. it like that's the vocal coaching where that comes in well even back to what you said about sort of what I do and like the I I come into it and that's I always say that I try to keep myself on the back end of it. I'm like a producer in a lot of ways. Like yeah, I, I, I sense I, that. I try to, I never put my name on their business card, but I try to help them get to the one way. But if someone says to me, open a restaurant, here's a budget, and this is what you should do, even then, there's a style that I keep and there's something that I bring to it with my experience. Mm-hmm. But there's, you got to be different with where you are yeah. and, and all those lot of the variables, time of year, the city, all that's a big part of it. But it's interesting that, like, that's the restraint. That's the professionalism. My job isn't to be a restaurant owner. My job is to help other people be restaurant owners. Right. There's something about playing with house money a little bit. <laughs> like, because hey, people don't understand, like, when you when it's yeah. your your bank account. Oh, and I've done that. Right. Yeah, exactly. It, I've it, done it enough to never do it again. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the amount of people that say to me, like, oh, uh oh, do you have your own studio? And I was like, I've had two different studios that I've, I've, I've managed. And I was like, the day that Amp Records sat me down and was like, will you fold partnered productions into Amp Records? Just bring your client list and, and your expertise and you don't have to do yeah. what you're doing anymore. Stop competing with us and just like be a part of us. Yeah. The day that happened, everyone was like, oh, it must have been tough. And I was like, dude, that was the best day I, I couldn't can't possibly tell you. This is the best feeling ever. Well, Such a relief to not have to... Like, you were talking earlier about razor thin... Like, you just be grossing money. You're like, oh, we're doing good. And then the expenses come in, and you're like, god damn, I don't think we're going to make it till like, you know, next month or something like that. Yeah, like, well, being a business owner and being a technician is, is two different things, right? But people think that when you become, like, a really good technician, that you can immediately own, or that you're the type of person that should own a business that does that technical thing. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the baker that, that owns the bakery, you By the know. way, I'm fucking your whole flow up because I, I got a mic in front of you. <laughs> no, no, I can like I can do this. I can handle I see. this. I'm just like that's that's not typical. It's not typical. Yeah. What's going on here? What's so this? this is a Manhattan, and so the first one was a gin and tonic. I made the tonic, so you got to have the Tanqueray number ten, and then proper tonic, and then. Just... Okay, I have to point this out. Can we get this on camera, there, Seymour? You got to pull up your face here. This one here. So, this, no joke, <laughs> Philippe. <laughs> Philippe, Phil comes in here with this. And he's like, I made you a gin and tonic. Here's the remainder of it. He's mm-hmm. like, I make my own tonic. 
He literally, look, I'm looking at the camera. He literally makes his own tonic. That means that, like, on some Murdoch mystery shit, <laughs> he would be peddling this wares, like, down the, the cobblestone totally. road. That's why we're in Gas Tower now. Makes sense. He's like, this is, like, Philippe's elixir. No shit. Philippe. All great bartenders are good apothecaries, man. We're just we're apothecaries. Just, we're just people who are just trying to help people get by. You a couple know? salves, a couple <laughs> bombs. Yeah, I'm gonna sip this Manhattan you made me. Yeah, this is my favorite drink. I mean, this is the drink. It's vermouth. It's whiskey. It's this is your bitters. absolute favorite. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I can because it's ten thousand different drinks in one. Mm. You, every bartender makes it differently. I'm so uncultured. What is this? What is this thing sticking out? That's just a grapefruit rind. And so grapefruit and like rinds of orange and it's like the salt and pepper for the bar world. We like use it to season the top. You can Dude, this smell is it. the fanciest I've ever been. Really? Wow. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what is this? Like, I like Jack cults. Daniels. Yeah, basically I like Jack Straight. Daniels. Which, by the way, actually, Seymour, you don't know this, but uh, the whole reason that we became friends with friend of the show, Jerry Job, is our good friend, Philippe. Yeah. Like literally, check this out. Phil literally lands in Vancouver. He's here like a week, maybe, and he immediately connects me with the Jack Daniels rep. Like, how <laughs> funny is that? And then Jerry would jump in right now and be like, "Well, actually, uh, we're ambassadors, yeah. not reps." Yeah. Like, okay, right? There's like, reps. He's the, he's yeah, it's like, it's like I'm actually a brand ambassador. Well, I saw your Jack Daniels love for years, and I saw like you and your lady getting like Jack and Jack honey or something for yeah, Christmas yeah, at one yeah. point. <laughs> and then Jerry Job. I mean, it was funny. It was like one of those social media like I'm the middleman. Mm-hmm. I see you like posting pictures, and then I see Jerry's like, I've become the Vancouver ambassador, and he's like, I'm moving to Vancouver. I was like. Oh, buddy, I got oh, yeah. a show you got to go to. <laughs> I, you know what's so funny is uh, we hit it off right away. Yeah. Jerry and I, uh, we hit he's off. He's a great guy. He, oh, dude, he's such a good guy. Uh, I know he just left uh, Brown. Uh, he did, uh, Brown yeah. Foreman, yeah. Now he's back in the interior. Yeah, yeah he's, I think he's with Big Rock now. Yeah. That's well, good for him. That's good for him. But uh, we hit it off right away he, with, uh, it's so funny, he's like, oh, you had Dirtbag Dan on your show? <laughs> I love battle rap. What the fuck? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, Dan's a cool guy. And, Oh, Jerry is like one of those guys that always, every, every time I engage him in like a long conversation, I'm always blown away at the depth of that guy and like oh, yeah. the stories and stuff, oh, yeah. right? There's just so much going he on. What's going on about like writing like pilots and stuff like that? I'm like, I'm like wait a minute. What, what are you talking about? Like, you used to, used to write for television? He's like, he's like, well, I, you know, I did this, I, I, I this, uh, optioned and this and that. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, mm-hmm. so he's, he's, uh, he's the kind of personality you want to be affiliated with. That's why I was. Actually, this is a good time for me to point out that uh, it's become so apparent at this point that you know exactly what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I, just, I just want to, like, in case there's any doubt for anyone out there at this point, it's like, yeah. no, Phil knows exactly what the fuck he's doing. Um, just, you, you fall in love with what you do and you rinse it and repeat it over and over yeah. and over again, right? It's, there's something about it that, like, makes you go. Like, right now, I'm on an hour of sleep. I've been up since... 4.30 this morning. You know, like, I slept for an hour. Uh, like, I've just been going, 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 going. And, like, the, the the fatigue isn't there. But I did this exact same session, almost the exact same end time, like 4.35, something like that. Yeah. I did that, like, a week ago. 
totally different vibe. Session didn't go the way we wanted it. Yeah. And the next day you're just like crushed. But today I'm riding the wave. Like I'm totally. like look at this. I'm I'm, <laughs> si- I'm sipping drinks on like an hour of sleep. Well, yeah, know? and like that's it when you do something for yourself, man. Like I because I've spent like 25 straight hours like just go 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 with no sleep. You and, know what's up. Yeah. And and you you mix that with like sometimes you take that midday off or I'm a big napper. I, I can like throw down a 20 minute nap and like Getting change down my on the naps now, yeah. Change my game. I am now. But it's it's that right. Talk and to me. It's that idea that you uh, you love what you do. You never work a day in life, and that it's totally true. I mean, my dad is a wonderful man, but has worked worked for you know thirty forty years doing things that probably weren't exactly what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's you know he's in the latter part of his life doing exactly what he wants to do. And so now it's like you see that conversion. You see that he didn't for a while. And I grew up in the environment where I saw that. And and then I saw him make that change. And then I never had to make that. I never had to do a job that I didn't love. Do you think he took inspiration from what you're doing? Well, that's fascinating, actually. My dad is a recovering alcoholic okay. and is the like addictions counselor and is an incredible man. And grew. I always say I'm a bartender who's inspired by alcoholism. And so we've actually been playing off each other our whole lives. Um, there's a strong argument, and I had the epiphany at one point, that I'm probably a bartender and who works in the bar community and the spirits because my dad was a drunk when I was a kid. That's fascinating. Yeah. Okay, and, I'm so into this right now. Please yeah, continue. <laughs> yeah, and so, and then, you know, now my dad, when he recovered, he became my best friend. I mean, he's my confidant. We talk multiple times a week. Mm. And he's the guy that, like, knows it all, knows the whole story because he's seen me. He's been on the other side of the phone the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was a kid, like, we didn't really have a strong relationship because he was a drunk, right? Yeah, uh, but now it's interesting. I I went to his his birthday, his AA birthday, and I wrote him a poem about sort of like getting out of the belly of the beast. Yeah, and it was a game changer. There wasn't a dry eye in the room, and I opened it up by saying, "I'm a bartender." <laughs> and I'm in an AA meeting with 50 people, and and, and it's fascinating because I I treat alcohol in a very controlled way yeah um i love to make really great cocktails because i don't like to get blotto i don't when i was in university i had my moments but i i like control and i like taste and flavor and i like to teach people about the history of spirits and alcohol because it gives you more connection to it and it's not just you know first drink to mothers against drunk drivers commercials right (laughs) there's like this like incredible in between that's like history and yeah. like well you're not slamming aluminum cans of Budweiser down your throat every but even five if seconds, you, even yeah. if you are that's got a great story sure. right? Like Budvar and original beer and German and there's so many incredible stories and I I always tell people because I, I, you, know, you take that test when you're 16 they say what do you what should you be and everyone said I was either going to be a politician or a lawyer uh, and <laughs> I I actually thought I would go that path but I realized that when I started going down the bar path this gave me all the stories I needed to tell and yeah. gave me all the medium that, to, to like speak to people even across a bar and then eventually in, in a group and then in front of 100 people and then seminars. And, but it's the same thing. I just tell stories. That, well, that's the, you know, there's an interesting tie between those two particular career paths, like politician and lawyer. It's very likely that rather than you know, them say, the test saying that you should have been one of these two, it probably should have just said, like, you should be an influencer. You should be someone who influences. Because right now, I guarantee you there's someone listening to the show right now that is like hearing a side of you that maybe they weren't even aware of. Like there's totally. there's the press release version of like, hey, look at these accolades. This is pretty cool. But then there's the build 
Mm-hmm. There's the, hey, look, I, I, I've traveled around. I've learned how to do this craft in a way so well that I actually trust myself to consult on such a level that people are, like, like seeking me out consistently mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. I think that's, like, super admirable, man. It's really good. Well, it's interesting because, it, like, I, it's the... I'm responsible for other people's money. And so I do a lot of things that make decisions for other people's money, but I've put my own skin in the game too. And mm-hmm. so I've done that. And that what gives, that's what gives you sort of the respect of things. When I came to Vancouver, I was, you know, at two different showcase spots in the city. And the goal was you've got to, as a consultant, get back to doing the job again, to prove the words of your mouth. Mm-hmm. And so that was the goal. I wanted to spend 12 months just checking into like some really high quality hospitality. And then you, jump back into the pure consulting uh, every day, billing your time again. But it's, you know, it's fascinating. I say this with no ego, but I've been having conversations about million-dollar decisions since I was in my early 20s um, because restaurants are million-dollar businesses. It costs a million to build them. It's, right. It's, it's luxury hotels. Like Massive. The one we're doing here is $6 million and Damn. and it's, you know, 6 to $10 million a year in trade potentially. So it's, it's $10,000 problems that I had in, when I was 16, 17 years old are now million-dollar problems when I'm in my 30s. It's just the uh, adjustment of the decimal, mm-hmm. and, and but it's the same mentality you approach to it. You're taking scaling, scaling, and algorithms, and being able to control it in such a way that you feel comfortable advising. Well, I was on thinking it. about it too. Imagine now what those tests are like for those sixteen-year-old kids in high school. Like, <laughs> That's a good, yeah, is like social media <laughs> manager like one of the options that comes up? Is like That's is like funny, man. is like digital producer one of the yeah. options that comes up? Like YouTuber brand, is that brand like a content? Thing? Yeah, content creator. <laughs> like it's funny, man. Like I, you know, like podcasting is such a, a interesting little medium because. Yeah. First of all, I encourage everyone that comes on the show, essentially, like for the most part. Some people come on, they just like doing their own thing. They don't have time for whatever, whatever. But I encourage people with interesting points of view, like yourself. Like, you should do a podcast. You should do something. You should do a show. Yeah, it's interesting because I've got a few mediums. And it doesn't like... have to be these hour-long mm-hmm. fucking crazy episodic like this yeah. insane thing that I've committed us all to. <laughs> like it doesn't have to well, be that. You know, and you know? I just went from photo to video, right? And so like I've got this Instagram business and the business is just cocktails. And so it's like there's 60,000, 70,000 followers. And it went What's from, that website? Yeah. Philippe Grambois. Yeah, justcocktails.com. Thank you. Uh, and so what's interesting is that like it built this incredible following and now people just want more video and want like multiple images. And so now... By that forcing of the hand, we're just changing. We're making small vignette videos now. Mm-hmm. We're making little GIF images and stuff. Right? I saw that it's GIF, GIF not GIF. GIF, GIF. <laughs> GIF, sorry. That's one of those words. Uh, oh, it's controversial. It's, it's funny. Just talking it's shit. It's one of the words that, yeah, yeah. It's one of the words that, like, the origi- the actual creator of the file type has come out and been like, no, it's it's not. Uh, yeah, he says GIF, but he's wrong. Wow. Isn't that funny? So the, I love literally, this, this is where the <laughs> this is where the people have taken control of the situation. Like totally in art, when you put something out there, it's no longer yours, right? Like, yeah. Someone else decides oh, what it's going to be. Let's start talking about Comic Sans right now. Okay. Papyrus. I need to get Arial. I guess you see Britannia. a lot of menus. I'm sure yeah. you see a lot of shitty fonts. You're like, don't, don't do that. Oh, man, I can't believe the things that people put in front of people. I can't believe that they don't let people edit. I'm I'm blown away sometimes when I get like a final menu and you can see it's like under plastic or it's laminated and you're like, 
nobody read this, man. Yeah. Nobody read this. I feel no. like most menus are like that. <laughs> it says like lamb, lamb curry. And I've been guilty of that guy of making those mistakes. But then I just got smart about editors, man. Just find editors. Just like put it in front of as many people as possible. For sure. Yeah. Chris Martin, I think you should try this gin and tonic. Mm. So I'm going to pass this to you, brother. Whatever. Oh, okay. I've had about three. A bunch. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you it's should have, you should have sure. this one. And I'm going to enjoy this, man. Let's have a little cheers here in the middle. Yeah. Can we do that? We got the mic here. Oh, yeah. I hope that... Ding. Yeah. I think it a, little it clink, a little clink picked up. Like, I had my first investment in a business as a bartender that, like, got people, got someone who was really stoked by what I was doing. Yeah. And so the drink is this fascinating milieu for a lot of the best stories in the world, man. Um, I like the way you said that. That was authentic, yeah. actual, en <laughs> français. So, I, I guess, uh, speaking in that kind of context, like, what would be, uh, like, your, like, you just were going out, want to have some, a couple drinks at a nice bar in town that you know you can just go and they're going to get you... Exactly yeah. what you want. It's going to be nice and well done. Are you what putting him be? in a weird position here where he No, no, no. Just maybe... his personal, like a personal spot. Like, I know, I'm sure you got a spot. You're like, oh, yeah, I know. Spots, you might yeah. know a person there, but like. So in, in the lower mainland, in Vancouver. I'm mm-hmm. saying Vancouver. I would, I would yeah. limit it to Vancouver. In downtown scenario. area. Yeah. yeah. What is the, uh, what, what's the place you would recommend? Uh, you know, you just have a couple of drinks. Maybe you're C-Mart. Maybe you're out in the town. You're like, yeah, like, hey, I got a couple hours to kill you. you know, I'm gonna have a drink. I, I love Gastown, man, and I love all I love the little too. spots in this area. And I, I snuck down the street to Tuck to have a beer while I was waiting for you guys. <laughs> like, uh, you know where we went? Yeah. The Met. We were right around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Like, there's in this town too. There's a good little rotation of cocktail bars. Um, I'm one of those guys that. And this is like, this will give you the only inside track I can tell you tonight. I'm a bartender who does this professionally in a lot of places. And so you, I don't, I don't pay the same thing that you pay. Right. Yeah. Sure, and yeah. so I go to all the bars. I would encourage you to go to Prohibition and have a cocktail there at it's least my once. Favorite. But, it's, nice. but it's a $25 Manhattan if you want it. It's my favorite <laughs> it's spot wonderful. in the city. the Hotel Georgia one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's great. And Robin Gray behind that bar is just like one of the best people on the planet. Okay. And it's about the bartender and they have all the tools. Yeah. That's what I, I guess that's my point is that like where you know you can go to get a well-done drink that you as a bartender yeah. appreciate. In this town, it, well-done drink is just like the basis. But like the Diamond, those guys do an incredible job up okay. there. That's a good spot and, too. And it's a fun little area. And, and I mean – I loved Bambuda when that place was mm-hmm. open, and it's too bad that it's closed. But it's that was my go-to. Uh, See the era. Yeah. You're just like gone. You're like, damn, damn it. it. I missed it. Well, that's <laughs> a new building, right? That's right. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, can we can we say who you're uh, affiliate? Can we plug this right now? Can we plug who you're affiliated with? With right now? Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. I don't want... Well, well, it's, see the thing about this type of doesn't content, sound like it's okay. Well, the thing about this, <laughs> well, it's thing. because you have to like be covert a little bit because like some of what I do is that we don't want to do the reveal, right? Sure, sure. I, I don't want that. I mean, more like, okay, how about this? Where can people go visit you to get a drink if you're going to be a, like a resident, like like that kind of thing? Are you? Um, yeah, like right at this point, right now, to get me to serve you a cocktail, I got to come into your house to do it. Okay. <laughs> God damn. Because I've got I'm exclusively checked into this new concept. I love this, and so but I do do private, uh, but I also poke my head in at grapes and soda uh, as well. 
Which is in my building, and they've got like all the love. <laughs> I'm starting to see that's a pattern. Even, so. I'm yeah. starting to see a, a familiar totally. pattern here. You're but like... <laughs> that's the thing. Like, it's about this grand reveal in this town. Like, it, people like say too much too fast, and okay. and like we're in the we've broke ground on this space. It's it's 2,000 square feet. Yeah. It's 200 seats. It's going to be incredible. Um, but if I t- if I say who I work for, even at this stage, um, you might be able to find it on one of my websites. But if I say that, you might just flat out know where and who projects a little bit yeah i can see what you're saying but and the concept too this particular concept has a bit of mystique to it when we launch it it's gonna be super oh cool. i like this will we yeah. even be allowed to go oh 102 <laughs> exclusive i don't know no no it's not even exclusive. <laughs> I'm just joking. it's actually inverting that idea because yeah, i yeah. it's about hospitality man i just assume i can't that's, get into yeah that's so i got a prohibition before they're like get the fuck out of here you can't <laughs> so, come in here you gotta at least yeah. dress as good as the bouncers <laughs> can i tell you something uh yeah. i i think um I'm sure there's a lot of great places in the city that have great customer service, but Prohibition is the only place in the city I've ever been to where I was treated immaculately from the from the door inside mm-hmm. and out. It's a great bar. The only yeah. time, the only time this whole city, like, I check it out. I have performed in some venues in the city that yeah. are like huge venues in the city, yeah. and I am I'm I have been treated as a performer awfully, like yeah. like. Uh, not letting you through the artist's side door, like that kind of thing. And, and you're like, what is going on? Like, of course, it's conversations with the promoters after. But you're like, what is the mentality of of the management over there to, like, even let that happen? Like, you know, like, it should just be one word conversation. Like, hey, I'm here to do this. Okay. Boom. You know. Well, service and hospitality. It's not for everybody, man. And, and people, like, I used to have the, I used to say it was the one in 1,000 rule where, like, 999 out of 1,000, I'm on. And I can, like... I can, uh, like I walk out the door and it's like I'm rinsed off and I have like the face of hospitality. I put on my vest and I button it up and I have a shield that's just like I'm ready. I'm in character. Is it always a vest? Uh, a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I like to think that I was yeah. one of the originators. Yo, yeah, here we go. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyways, it, you you get to that point, right? But then there's that one in thousand where you just can't put up with that situation or that moment, or you can't separate your personal emotions from that situation and you might even just go as far as telling someone off or you might go <laughs> right. as far as like not giving that person the experience they want and it's interesting there's a lot and of you people get a 500 word review yeah or or you get a a, a a snippy experience a lot of people are not made for long-term hospitality they're you know in what, Canada, do you mean, what do you mean by that long-term hospitality I'm a lifer. I'm a guy who is lives for service and hospitality of other people, but I'm humbled by that. And so, like, I've got multiple degrees and I've got all sorts of certification, but I love serving people in their homes. Right. Uh, and and to some people, that's servant, not server. And oh, and so you yeah. can be really you can your ego can snap you into this place where you feel that you're more entitled than what your job is. Yeah. And if your job is service, you're in the service of other people and you know owners and managers and some people in restaurants can't keep that facade or can't keep that or it's not genuine and it's not who they are and they can't keep that up all the time and so you might get them on a bad day or they might have their heart broken two hours before and they just don't have the mental capacity to shut it off yeah. in front of you right um so it's 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 interesting it's it's there's a lot of people in hospitality that maybe shouldn't be there for long term it's weird because it's really accessible in yep. terms of an initial skill. Yeah. But as you advance and become elite, yeah. like if you're able to like book 
solo like home yeah. <laughs> home bartending sessions like yeah. at that god tier level okay <laughs> like when, when you're like you know uh platinum status when you're, when you're able to do that like yeah. clearly you're you're so honed and so refined that like there's there's very little room for that type of personality like no one with that personality makes it that far so it's someone who's gonna like just totally. check out after the first weird look or something like that yeah totally you know? Yeah, no, and that's it. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, people, but there's a lot of people who can sit tight in this industry and make good, good living for a long sure, time, right? Yeah, yeah. And never really have to progress. But bartending and serving is, like, I love it to death, but it's the entry level of the of the hospitality industry. Like, progressing to management, leading a group of bartenders, that's your next level. And then being a general manager, that's your next level. And a lot of people settle in and love the job of being a bartender or a server, uh, and that's great, and I love it too. But it's you gotta you gotta keep moving. You gotta keep moving forward. Yeah. You gotta keep expanding, and you change, so you gotta keep piling things in, right? Yeah. Like, so it's it's a it's it's a career that you can master quickly. I made all these drinks without even thinking about it because it's a state of flow, right? Like, so good. I've made so many of those in Manhattans that I can this do. This is it the my best state. Manhattan I've ever had in my life. It's honestly, without a doubt, I, everything. Like, hold on, you've been sipping that gin and tonic now, Seymour? What do you think? That's very good. I don't really drink them very often. I don't really like gin that much, but I, I like it. Yeah. It's good. No, I, but I, I do like it. I think that's praise from Caesar. He's like, <laughs> I don't I like it. I don't really know what I'm doing. It's nice. It's, uh, it's good. Yeah. Sipping. Flavor. Like, if I was drinking that, I would order another one. Yeah. Flavor is sure. a muscle, right? For and sure. so, like, you just learn it over time. Mm-hmm. And it's why I always say everybody eventually loves scotch. Because your palate <laughs> dies and you like you want more robust and <laughs> yeah. weird flavors and like there's there's a lot of bold, interesting things in scotch. Not even the smoky and peaty ones, just other whiskeys. And so mm-hmm. but you know, in, in the beginning, when someone says I don't like gin, I always I'm always I giggle a little bit inside because sure, I'm like yeah. there's a thousand gins and there's a thousand <laughs> yeah. and there's like yeah, that's I fair. don't like gin is like we I don't, both literally have said that. You both said it tonight. Well, well, I mean, like, is that like the internal giggle, right? Yeah. But like a good bartender or a good hospitality or restaurant tour like you make when someone says to me i always would as a bartender i'd walk up to you and i'd you know you're in that moment where you're like i don't know what to order i don't know what to order i'm gonna lead you and the first thing that i ask you is what do you hate and if you say tequila i make you a tequila drink mm. and if you say so gin get after it i make you a gin drink because i go for it the balls on this i go I for love, it i love the confidence and, <laughs> like 99.9 percent of the time i get this is the best drink i've ever had what's in it tequila and then they're just like, oh, because you balance flavor, right? Like that's a killer, yeah, killer that's funny. move. You go for it. That's yeah. funny. That, that might have just been a little, little bit of the mystique. I think you might have just <laughs> yeah. let, let a little of the... The genes out of the bottle. That's right. <laughs> let the lid off a little bit. I like that. Um, Phil, you're, you're such a good guy, man. You're, uh, I mean, I'm trying to embarrass you because we're just sitting in front of each other. <laughs> but uh, I, I just want to say, like, it's inspiring, man, the way you, you've been able to create this life. Dude, it's really good. And, like, one of my favorite things is I've been able to, like, watch this grow from a distance. And, be able, and I've been able to see it, like, just thrive, man. Like, that that is something, like, we've been saying vicariously back and forth here all night. Yeah. But, like, it is something, like, really beautiful to see people you know doing well. And, like, yeah, there's, you know, like, it's a... Uh, it's a bit of a maturity thing mm-hmm. to see someone do well and like be like really sincerely like like grateful for them, you know, like grateful for them, and then like grateful for your own situation, and like just be so happy to see someone do well. Like, like man, that brings me joy to see you do well. Like, you know, yeah. like I man, I, when I saw that you, it's won, all about you. 
yeah. <laughs> when I saw you won that that thing, uh, the, the Georgia Strait, mm-hmm. uh, that golden plate, I was my like I was reading that. I, I had to read it like two or three times because I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because you were, because the first thing you do is you're congratulating it like super classy. Here I am thinking like, oh, you placed, that's good, that's good. And then I'm like, wait, this motherfucker won this thing, you know, like it's so good. I just think yeah. that's like uh, a, a very strong character trait you have. You're a humble dude, and and this is like somehow I have no idea, but this is just the beginning. Like you're, you know, which is yeah. crazy because yeah. it's, it's already been so so strong. If people want to follow you, my friend, how can they do so? Yeah, I mean, it's I'm all over social. I mean, I, everything is Philippe Gibois, and so Philippe Ooh. Gibois, and so it's that.com. So they call you at. the street? Is that the well, street name? Yeah. GB? No, it's tough. Grand Bois. I mean, it's tough to have those discussions about what that means literally in English. And so, like, I just I shortened it to, to shorten the, the... What does that mean in English? <laughs> That's a great question. We'll just let that be. Oh. The mystique. Mystique. <laughs> Learned but, a lot here. But then just cocktails. I mean, it's... And to be honest, the, you know, I, I let I let the brands that I work with speak for it. You'll mm-hmm. know when this Vancouver brand opens, and it'll be exciting. I'm really, really excited for you, my friend. I'm so glad we had a chance to come do this episode totally. you'll have to come back real soon i love to i man. think i don't think i can go just get regular drinks anymore, <laughs> anymore. dude i'm a guy that just orders can't double go to the met anymore <laughs> yeah i just ordered double jacks and the rocks and the lime no straw totally fine and i think totally. that's classy so Sorry. here i am this is water manhattans with uh grapefruit rinds on a monday on a monday <laughs> <laughs> on a monday is there any better data isn't like hospitality industry like that's their day oh, this is the day yeah, yeah exactly day. i thought it is the day yeah. yeah any day we hang um i i really appreciate you coming to the show Thank tonight you. man i really do um ladies and gentlemen if you're so inclined we'd really love it if you like our show please subscribe to us we're available on youtube and itunes and stitcher and instagram all under the name of Intergalactic Interviews. All across the board, folks, very easy to follow us, Intergalactic Interviews. And you know what? If you like us, leave us a review on iTunes, or maybe you can join the hordes of trolls from the Flat Earth community (laughs) that have just been unrelenting in the fact that I somehow offended them. Engaged (laughs) at all. Oh, man. Just because, here's the best part. I presented such a neutral... Like I didn't, I didn't. didn't you're I not didn't, in your rope. Yeah, I didn't belittle them. I didn't make fun of them. I, I like nothing. And uh, they're like, I did. I think maybe they hate me. They probably hate you a lot. <laughs> but like all, the, all I did was try to set a nice fair playing field, and they have just responded with like such vitriol, like just so. There's like huge troll like, groups. You gotta you watch like, this. This host thinks a lot of himself i can tell i'm like but they, that is right, i'm like though. what am i supposed that's to do correct. with that i'm like i'm like all right i guess i do and like they're like no you need to be unconfident host a show i'm like all right <laughs> little guys i'm here with a friend yeah, for another day <laughs> like, do, yo? anyway yeah. if you leave us a positive review i'd love it we're on itunes and youtube and stitcher and all that like i said uh we love you guys so much Thank you very much for doing this. Oh, and one more thing. Running gag. Seamart, how can people follow you if they're so inclined? Fuck Steve McGowan. We love this. Uh, Keep it rolling after so we can get our thing. I'd like that, Seamart. We love you guys. Thank you so much for watching, and uh, make sure you subscribe. Smash that motherfucking like button, as they would say. (laughs) And uh, we love you all. See you soon. Mwah.